Hey, Fairborn City Manager Rob here with Megan Howard. Hi, Megan. Hi, Rob. <laughs> Are you, you okay? Is your mic on? I might, yeah, I got to turn it up. <laughs> this is take two. We're not off to a good start here. With, uh, <laughs> no, we weren't. With rumor has it, Megan uh, almost uh, tried to inhale her coffee in <laughs> coffee. the terrible. first episode. This is take two, episode 25, rumor has it. Uh, we are super excited to have Dottie Mead here with us. Hi, Dottie. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're as we said last episode, that's the last time we have to hear just from Megan and I. Yeah. We're really trying to make it our mission to have people tell their stories, especially folks like you have great stories to tell. Right, I'm and excited. We want, and we really want to get dive right into it. It is it is May, thankfully. Yes. Um, and I said in the first take, which probably what <laughs> made Megan choke, was May really stands for... It could may it may be cold, it may be hot, it may be wet, right. maybe snow, whatever. Uh, but we're ready for this uh, weather to turn and get better. That's right. Uh, because this this stuff tells into what Dottie's mission is and what we're going to talk about today. But first of all, Dottie, um, I met you through Rotary. Yes. Uh, and for those folks that don't know what Rotary International is, do you want to give just a brief explanation of Rotary? Yes, yes. Rotary International is obviously an international organization. Um, there are hundreds of clubs around the world, and um, our primary goal is to do service. We do service internationally. We do service in our community. Um, we we build relationships with people in our community, and we do. And our community can be anything from Fairborn to our neighborhood to um, beyond our our. Um, Anything State. from, yeah, right, anything. So we've, we, uh, Rotary International, for those of you who don't know, essentially cured polio <laughs> around the world, right? right? If, I, if you could see close, me, they were right? this close. Yeah, yeah so. about an inch if you put your finger in together. It's yeah. uh, Partnering with the Gates Foundation, did millions of doses of uh, the polio vaccine yes. and are everywhere where they were allowed to have vaccines, essentially cured polio. Yes. Um, so that's just one of the many things that Rotary has done. Uh, but you are uh, something special for you, and it's great to have a Fairborn person doing this. Is that you're going to be the district governor? Yes. Um, explain how big of a deal that is, because it's it's for those in Rotary that know it's a big deal. Well, um, each year uh, there are five districts in the state of Ohio, and each year um, someone is selected to be the governor who kind of is the liaison between the district. Our district goes from Bell Fountain to the river, to the Ohio State line, Ohio Indiana line, all the way over to um, Washington Courthouse in London. So wow. we have 46 clubs in wow. our district. There are five in the state. And that's a, if you tried to drive that, you couldn't do it in a day. Like that's a big, that's no, a big area. No, my job, um, actually I was selected a year and a half ago. Um, it's two and a half year training. Wow. Um, and you go through district governor nominee designee. Then now I am district governor nominee. I or yet yeah, nominee. I will become district governor elect July one of twenty three, and I will become the district governor um, July one of twenty four. Okay. So as part of that, you can adopt uh, what you want your mission to be for the district. Yes. During that time. And you've chosen something I think that is should be top of mind for everybody, maybe isn't, but should be. And it's very interesting. So do you want to talk yeah. about what your mission is going to be for the district? I would love to. I would love to. Um, and I'll give a little history first. Um, for years, there were um, six areas of focus. Rotary International has six different areas, mothers and children, education, um, clean water. There's six different areas in June of 2020, um, they added a seventh area of focus, and that seventh area of focus is the environment. Wow. 
And um, I was actually at my district governor nominee training last year, and I sat on the bus next to one of the other district governor nominees who has been reading and doing research. And she taught me a lot of things about what Rotary's already doing and what we might be able to do um, in our, just in our areas. Of course, she talked from, and I'm going to talk with my hands because that's what I do. Okay. <laughs> um, she talked from the bird's eye view. She had, you know, there are like our Rotary International President, Jennifer Jones currently has signed the Operation Pollination Pledge, which says she will support what we do internationally and in our districts. Um, the incoming president-elect, um, Gordon McAnally from Ireland, has signed the Operation Pollination Pledge. All of our district governors have signed the Operation Pollination Pledge, wow. saying we're going to support what we do in Rotary and the environment. So for me, I'm an elementary school teacher by heart and by trade. What does that mean? How do I get my hands dirty? Sure. What can I do to help and to help Rotarians in Southwest Ohio to do something in the environment? And we talked a lot about pollination and we talked a lot about um, the butterfly. And I've got some, some things we're doing to um, save the butterflies, so to speak. So you've made it your mission to, to focus on pollination and pollinators. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, talk about what that looks like and some of the things you're already doing, even though you won't be district governor for a little over a year. Uh, you've already started your mission, at least in Fairborn. Talk about some of the things you're doing here that I think are pretty incredible and people might want to latch on to and maybe expand what you're doing. Well, as I said, there's 46 clubs in Southwest Ohio. And, and my thought is I can't become district governor and say to them, here's what we need to do if I haven't done it myself and right. I haven't tried it myself. So I pulled together a team of people, some Rotarians. Um, I met a gentleman from Fairborn Cement Company who every time they do something and they pull um, limestone from the ground, they refurbish what they've done. They've been doing it for years. He's the environmental specialist. So I, I met with him. I met with the um, I pulled together actually a committee. Um, there are um, environmental teacher at Fairborn High School, along with two science teachers and the environmental club. Wow. Um, I have uh, Carrie from uh, the Enon Montessori School. I have Eric Trich from the um, Fairborn Digital Academy and their students. We have people from the Senior Center. We have, of course, Rotarians, I think I said that. We have um, people from the BW Greenway and from the Wetlands Association because they're the experts. Those sure. are the people that I need because I, at this point I'm still learning and I have right. a lot to learn. I mean, every time I go to a new area to look at the, um, you know, what do we have? What do we need to do? What do we need to do to get it ready? Um, I have to bring my experts because they will walk around and pull dry weeds that they look like dead things to me right. and say, this is na native. This is not, this can stay. This has to go. You need to get rid of this, whatever the case. So, um, so we've got a, a large group of people. Uh, we are, um, going to on, uh, the May the 13th, next Saturday, we are going to have um, our first pollinator um, seed spreading party. Okay. Yeah, with the um, help of Fairborn Cement Company, there is a place, um, actually they've cleaned up two acres for us. I think we're actually wow. going to only going to pollinate an acre of it. Um, and I've worked with Tom and he has ordered, he, he's cleaned it up. He's, he's, there's some terms that I don't even remember. He's scattered it and gotten it ready for us to plant. And on the 13th, we're going to meet out there with buckets and seeds, and we're going to spread um, 
pollinator seeds, wow. um, butterfly pollinator seeds, uh, so that now hopefully we'll take we'll put some signage up because I found a really cute sign that says, um, "Please be patient. This is a pollinator garden, and while it looks like a weed bed right now, it will be beautiful." It takes three to five years for a pollinator garden wow. to, to grow up and be beautiful. So, wow. um, so that's what, that's our first project that we're working toward this coming a week from Saturday. So that acre will, and I'm trying, sorry, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. So okay. with that, with that acre, how much, what, what can be sustained with that acre of pollinator area, so to speak? So is that, I know it's a drop in the bucket to what we actually need, but with that acre, you then could have hundreds of butterflies that can be sustained there. Eventually, eventually okay. there will be. Now you do have to, and um, I've learned this also, you cannot sustain um, butterflies without milkweed. Okay. They will um, pollinate all day long and they'll eat and they'll get strong, but they will not lay their babies uh, on anything but a milkweed pod. Interesting. And um, I was just reading in the last couple of days, um, as those babies start to develop, they um, they will actually eat from the inside. Like if you're walking along and you see a leaf and you see a caterpillar and they're eating from the edges, then that's not a monarch butterfly. If they're eating, huh. like they'll start up and under in the bottom and they'll start to eat from the middle. And so if you see holes in the middle of a leaf, then it's probably a monarch butterfly. Interesting. Oh, I thought that was very, very cool. That's so, very But it's cool. gonna take us a while. And that, and so they will only lay there um, on swamp milkweed. There's 2000 different kinds of milkweed um, in Ohio, wow. um, but they only pick, they're very, very specific about what the, where they lay their babies. Really? So, so do you have to also huh. plant the milkweed or will they yes. find that somewhere? They okay. will. We will plant that as well. That's a part okay. of the package that we bought, the seed package, so that they will have that as well. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Huh. That's fascinating. Yeah. So that's not the only project I think you're doing in Fairborn. You've actually had a pretty interesting partnership talking about being an educator and those partnerships are very important. So talk about your partnership with another group? Well, um, this Fairborn Senior Center, uh, there was the BW Greenway a couple of years ago put in a rain garden on the edge of the parking lot at the Senior Center. Um, I spoke with Ellen and we took a look at it. Uh, it. It needs some work. We need someone. And that's one of the things that everybody keeps telling me, Dottie, you know, it's great to have great ideas and this, these great visions, but if you don't sustain it and you don't go in and take care of it. And I think that's kind of what happened to this particular area. There are people trying to take care of it, but um, it, and fortunately a pollinator garden or a rain garden probably doesn't take as much work as mowing grass once a week. Um, So, but Ellen has given us permission to come in and um, we met with some people. As soon as we have a non rainy day, (laughs) we're gonna get some people together and we're gonna go pull out the things that need to come out. And then we're gonna plant some of the pollinators. What we're hoping to get for that, rather than planting seed, is to actually plant some plugs because we want it to turn around a little faster. Um, We don't want to wait three or five years for, and there are some things already in there that um, were a part of the rain garden that can stay, that we don't have to pull out. But if we can add some extra plugs and add some of the milkweed plugs, then we'll um, we'll be able to see um, butterflies a little sooner. Fantastic. So I was talking to a landscape architect on the, we have a couple park projects that we're doing and was asking him about native species and said, you know, we really want to try to put a focus on natives because, you know, that's what sustains life, right? I mean, it's the unnatural or un, 
I shouldn't say unnatural. It's the species that aren't native here that usually come in, take over, and wipe everything out and cause problems. Mm-hmm. And the thing that he said to me was, you know, we could do all native species. It's not going to look like what you want it to look like. It's it's native plants, while beneficial, may not. When people think of gardens, they think of ornamental, very nicely shaped mm-hmm. plants, and that's not the case. So. Native species can be not the most visually pleasing, but they're so vital for what, what we need. And, and they are, I mean, you just have to know that it's not tidy. Right. I think the, the key word is tidy. Um, things are, they grow at their own height. Um, I have looked at some garden drawings where we know this this particular one might grow a little taller so you could put it in the back and and so it'll be a little bit more aesthetic but for the most part they're going to bloom when they want to bloom they're going to grow when they want to grow but the beautiful part is if you have enough butterfly pollinators you'll have butterflies and those are beautiful yeah those are beautiful in themselves right so so if, if you, like you said, if it may not look the greatest, but give it some time because it's at work. That's right. Be patient. <laughs> and yes. let it go, right? Yeah. So I think we put a lot of emphasis a lot of times on things being closely, you know, neatly trimmed and, you know, everything looking prim and proper in the way that it needs to be. But really the most natural things are a little shaggy. That's right. right? That's right. And they have their own beauty in their own way. And, and if they're going to pollinate, they're going to have blooms. They just may not be the tidy blooms that we're accustomed to. Um, so how does this mission then translate once, so taking these projects, how do you intend to translate that to the district? There? Well, my ultimate goal when I am, to, and actually I'm starting to collect information. Again, I know that there are 46 clubs. There are clubs who are already doing things. There are clubs who have already gotten on the bandwagon and they're, they've been hooked by the, by the pollinators. And so my first goal is to kind of grasp and see what people are doing and how can we help to expand? How can we grow that? And then for those district or those clubs who have not done anything, how can we help to make something happen to you? And that's part of the reason that I'm trying to, to create some mock, some gardens now so that I can say, here's, here's the people I contacted. Here's how we got help with this. Here's what happened. Here's, and take a look at this. We have, we might have eight-year-olds helping to spread um, pollinator or seeds this weekend. And at the Senior Citizen Center, we may have 88-year-olds working next to each other in the community. So my goal then is to eventually be able to say um, in the next year, if you live in, a, in the city and you have a condo and all you have is a balcony, this is what you can do. You can have your own. That's right. right. If you live in a quarter acre lot and you wanna help the butterflies or the bees, this is what you can do in a little 10 by 10 garden in your back. If you live on a quarter acre, Alan and I have started to kill a, an area of grass. We live on a little under an acre or under a two acre lot and um, so, We've started to kill some grass in our own backyard. Again, you know, you walk the walk. If you right. if you can't just talk the talk, you gotta gotta do it. So right. we're gonna put some pollinators in our backyard. That's great. Yeah, that's terrific. So I mean, there are there are there are things, and that's what I like about this. There are things that you know, it's it's not you have to have a large piece of land. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that everybody can do, whether it's you know, in front of your house or you know, in a in an apartment if you just want to have you know, a little, you know, if, if you have a, a porch or, you know, a window mm-hmm. and you can just stick a hanging basket out your window and Absolutely. you can do something like that. I think that's, Absolutely. you know, if you're a college student, 
you know, you can do this too. And, and I think that's important that it's something that everybody can do to contribute to uh, the environment and, and help in the that's process. Right. I agree. I think that's great. So I'm old enough to remember, I'm not sure that Megan is, um, there was a bumper sticker growing up that said, think globally, act locally. Yes, I remember it. Um, to me, this is a perfect example of that bumper sticker. You mm -hmm. think globally because helping pollinators helps us all, mm -hmm. uh, but you can do something very small and very, very close to home that helps sure. everybody. Sure. Can we talk just briefly about the monarch? Yes, please yeah. do. I, I have just been fascinated reading about um, about the monarch butterfly. They um, they actually make their home in the uh, winter time in Mexico, in a, oh. a forest. And I've seen pictures of like these beautiful. I mean, they cover. Although today they cover maybe a tenth of what they covered many years ago. The right. the the number of them has dwindled terribly because we don't we plant plants that are not native. Right. So they don't have anything to eat as they go. And then we've had a couple of bad winters. They can't stand the cold. So we've had a couple of bad or bad summers where it's been really cool and they've not been able to to make it. But what they do then in the springtime, they actually fly north. Um, through Texas and Louisiana up to Ohio and Indiana and across and all the way into Canada, no one butterfly, monarch butterfly, makes the entire distance. I've read in some places they um, it takes three generations. I read one article that I read said it takes five generations for monarch butterflies to get to Canada. Really, um, And so they lay their eggs. The mamas lay up to 400. Each mama may, lays up to 400 eggs, oh two at goodness. a time, two at a time. And then she passes. Those eggs then have to, within a month's time, they the caterpillar goes through its chrysalis and its process to become a new butterfly. Then it flies another 100, some 200, 100 to 200 miles. And so it takes anywhere from three to four generations of butterflies to get to Canada. Mm. Then wow. there's like this supreme butterfly that flies home. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yes. So there's one butterfly. One of, that, yeah, or, or one, generation one generation of butterflies that flies back to Mexico and they start the process all over again <laughs> next year. Yeah. I, wow. I'm just. That's it, fascinating. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, you also, this isn't specific. <laughs> well, butterflies are, this isn't specifically a butterfly project. No. Um, you were telling me about, and when I think of bees, I think of honeybees, mm -hmm. right? That's what gets all the publicity and you can make honey and you know people you have beekeepers and they dress up in the suits and all the smoke and everything keep from stinging but there's actually a bee that is that doesn't produce honey mm -hmm. um, doesn't sting mm -hmm. but does nothing but pollinate you are absolutely right it's called a mason bee okay um I, it's primarily it's most populous in the north Western states. Um, we do have some here in Ohio, I guess. I don't, not as well re researched on the mason bees. I do know that you can, there's a company out in Washington state that you can rent a mason bee box mm. for $75. They'll send it to you. You put it in your backyard. Um, you watch it, watch it brings in the mason bees. It collects, they collect the pollen and then at the end of the year when the bees have gone dormant then you send it back they clean it up they save the pollen and yeah so um it, wow. it's fascinating i have a lot more research to do with the mason bees That's to find out we were looking and we we talked about that because every year it, one of my jobs this coming year as sister governor elect is going to be to plan president elect training 
So we do that in March. And every year we do some kind of a project, a service project for all of our president-elects and their clubs. And it's kind of a competition between the different districts to see yeah. who can bring in the most. Last year they collected diapers for mothers and, and babies that was as one of our focuses so this year our, our five the five of us want to do something with the environment so we're like well what if we have everybody order mason bee boxes so right now we're trying to find maybe there's something we can do a little more local so we don't have to go all the washington all the way to washington state to wow. get mason bee boxes that's fantastic yeah that's fantastic so I'm in. I'll buy. I'll run a Mason B box. <laughs> All right, sounds put good. Put me down. I'm in. Um, you know, my dad has some land in, in Township. I'm and you don't need a lot of land. Right? And if you have pollinator plants, they know what to do with it. And the best part is they don't sting. So if <laughs> you don't have to worry about them, like you know, getting stung. If you're allergic, it doesn't. That's doesn't right. Bother you. We That's had right. uh, we had sunflowers. We have this. At one point, it was a we had a huge tree stump, and so John crowned up the tree stump in our front yard. And so now we just have this huge like circle patch of dirt mm-hmm. and so we planted sunfl- a bunch of sunflowers one year and I want to take a picture of it and uh, this huge huge sunflower probably about this big and there was a bee and on the on the butt of the bee you could just see all this little pollen and it was so cute because it was you know it had kind of dove into the sunflower and all you saw was this little butt up in the air and you could you just could see all this little pollen that was on the backside of it. So it cool. was so adorable. That's um, so cool. So I snapped a picture of it yeah. and you know, yeah, my little bee backsides with a bunch of pollen my on it. My granddaughter's so, right. birthday's coming up this summer. She's gonna get a pollinator, a bee kit. Yeah, yeah. or butterfly kit. That's um, great. Yeah. Uh, Dottie, I'm gonna brag on you a little bit because this isn't the first project you've done for Rotary. Um, I, I would like you to talk about the Andy and Elmer book. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is an incredible thing. And this, Megan, I don't know if you have known the story. Well, um, did you know I actually worked for Rotary and did their marketing? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Andy and so Elmer before yeah. I got yeah. hired in the city. Oh, my, you don't, <laughs> I'm the, I know the least about the project. That's I don't right. want to ask the question. Um, so talk a little bit about Andy and Elmer, if you oh, don't mind. Oh, thank you for asking. This yeah. is pretty exciting. Um, when I, I, I was a Rotarian, I started in 1990, um, and one of my jobs was to go into the schools, you know, find out how many second grade teachers they had. We, we picked second grade as our optimal grade to, to start with our literacy project. Right. Um, we had we bought dictionaries for the third graders. So we thought, well, this is a perfect thing we'll do with the second graders. And I would um, make copies of different stories on integrity and making good choices and good decisions. And, and um, I would give you, Rob, you'd get a pile yeah. of 20 bookmarks. I made these little oak tag bookmarks they were not pretty they were typed out black printed on cardstock um you'd get 20 copies and this the name of a teacher and you megan would get 20 copies or 25 copies in the name of a teacher and it was your job then to met mix with them meet with them and go in and talk about rotary and talk about integrity and good decision making and the four-way test right so um, every time, and um, we can hey, we can thank Fred Pomeroy for this. Fred came to me one day and he said, you know, Dottie, if we just had a book, if we just had a book. And about the same time I was working in career development and I was um, working on the Career Education Association Conference in Ohio and I met Andy Schaup. He was one of our speakers who, if you've ever met Andy, every book he's ever written has a moral and a value. Um, it tells a true story. It tells a good story, and they're all written for their picture. He's also the illustrator. Right. Um, so he, I, I took it to him one time, and I said, Andy, I said, could you, 
write me a story about the four-way test? And he goes, Daddy, I don't know what that is. I said, well, right. you know, here's the website. Here's how you get to Rotary International. You know, can you look it up and see? So um, he goes, I think I can do that. I think I can do that. So we... Um, Actually, that year at Christmas, he brought me a mock-up of the of the book to my house, and six hot apple dumplings. <laughs> they were delicious. Right. <laughs> I'm like you're sold. So, and it was it's such a cute story. I was on the board at the time for a Rotary, and I took the mock-up. I didn't take them the hot apple dumplings. I kept those. Of course, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I took the um, I took the book to the board, and um, the only thing Andy had a little bit his hair kind of hit this collar. Now you know an artist, right? He's had it's not. It, and he drew them by hand. It wasn't done electronically. Right, right. His hair hit his collar. And, and one of our board members said, I think hair, Andy's hair is too long. That's the only complaint that anyone had. So, of course, Andy Schaub went through and cut Andy's hair on every page. <laughs> so over the years, um, Andy and Elmer has become a major fundraiser for our Fairborn Rotary Club. Right. Um, currently, every other month, we write a check from the Andy and Elmer account to the, to the club for the books that we sell across the country. And this has been, has it been international? Has there been? We do have, we, we've, we've been approached to try to um, do it in Spanish, write it in another right. language. Do We do have a few countries that order it. I know we have a lot of um, books that go to Canada, right. um, if it's English speaking, uh, but we've not yeah. done, we've not gone to the point that we translated it. And so what's amazing is Little Fairborn, Ohio came up with an idea that went national mm-hmm. it, and to use a social media term, it went viral. It did. Um, and so clubs still order the Andy Elmer books as a giveaway for second graders. Correct? That's right. That's right. And then um, we had, there's some diversity in the first book, um, maybe not as much as some uh, clubs and some communities would like to have seen. So then we wrote a sequel. Um, Andy and Elmer, I'll tell you a little bit about the story. Andy and Elmer, um, Andy gets one day he's bored he doesn't know what to do and he sitting in his neighbor elmer's yard orchard and he finds some apples and he's like i think i'll make apple dumplings so he makes a bunch and at the end of the day he's like is it the truth he gets this voice in his head you know am i doing the right thing is it beneficial to all concern so he goes over and he and elmer together bake like piles and piles of these apple dumplings and um they um so now they're like, what are we going to do with all these? So they've got a friend, Becky, who has a truck who is going to help them take them to market the next day. So they sell them all. They become very popular. Becky becomes, she has a line of trucks, a fleet of trucks. And Andy has, he's a baker with, I don't know how many employees. And so they all work together to make these apple dumplings. Well, in the sequel, it's all about service above self where Becky now delivers these apple dumplings to Lynn, who has a, um, a bakery, a little store. And right next to her store is a, um, a park, or not a park, it's a dump yard that they're like, well, it's just yicky and it's not very pretty and what can we do? And so they bring the whole community together. Uh, Andy and Elmer and Becky and Lynn all put their money together to buy this little plot and then they turn it into a park. And wow. it's beautiful. Now they don't have any pollinator gardens in it. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. However, they do have apple trees. Right. <laughs> they do have apple there trees. But they they bring the mason and they bring the architect and they bring the, you know everybody comes together to create this beautiful park. So that's what we've been. Um, a lot of third grade classes have been using that book. And I, that has raised 
fair to say tens of thousands of dollars for our Rotary Club? Yes, yes, over the years. That's been since 2015 we started. And for those that hear that and think, well, what are they doing with the money? So Rotary does a lot of good in the community. They do donations to different organizations and they help people. And so they buy dictionaries to give to, as you said, third graders. Third they graders, do, yeah. Uh, kindergarten eye screenings. They do, there's a lot of good in the community that that money helps go towards. Yes, yes. So that's terrific. So. I say that all to say that putting a big project like that together is nothing to you, like you've done that before, oh. <laughs> uh, which gives me confidence that this pollinator thing is gonna be a big hit because you've, you've well, had success. I hope so, and, and I guess, you know, there are a lot of people who can spend their lifetime in their career and they say, I'm really good at this, I'm really good at this. And I, I talk to this, my husband about this all the time. I'm like, I don't really know what my, my gift is other than I can find a need and I can find people who can help to fill the need. Right. That, that's what I did with Andy and Elmer. That's what I did lots of times when I worked in career development, when I, when I helped to match up kids and, and careers. And, and so I, I think maybe that's the thing that I can bring to Rotary that, that I can help to, to find those people. And, and there are a lot of people out there who are real experts in things that I don't know anything about. Sure. And I guess it's the willingness to ask somebody mm -hmm. for help, I guess, is something not realizing that you're not the expert and going and getting folks to help you is key. And then not being afraid to learn and right. ask lots of questions. And, you know, I, I certainly don't look to these people and hope that they will always be there and know that they will always be there when I find another garden. Right. You know, I, at some point, I'm hoping that I can say, hmm, I think I know what that is and that needs to come out or I can right. look it up or, and, but I know that they've become good friends of mine and they're, they're going to help. And we could probably do a whole episode, Megan, with Bob Jurek, but how wonderful is that man? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's I, forgotten more than I'll ever know about <laughs> the environment so and things like that. He's just We so went on his ride about. around this last Saturday. Oh my gosh. He is just a brilliant, brilliant man. And what's really, really cool is like I have talked with the, um, with the teachers at Fairborn High School, their students love and adore him yeah. he is just he's so kind and gentle and caring and so intelligent and yeah it's and is so full of knowledge like just knows the area and knows the history of the area and just knows yes if you ever have a question about something and you can get a hold of bob he'll tell you what he knows and usually it'll solve your problem yeah. or answer your question the other two people that have really really been helpful is dave nolan Yep. Um, he's the just, he's the one who could walk around and pull the weeds and, and the dry and go, well, this is so-and-so and this is so-and-so. And I know I'm like, that's a dead plant. Right. <laughs> and right. then the other one is Greg Christie from Siebenthaler. Okay. He is just, he knows a lot about native plants and has been really, really helpful at helping us to find the things that we need to make this project. And then of course, I mean, you can't say enough about um, Tom Byrne the right. environmentalist at Fairborn Cement Company. Um, the Mr. Christie from Siebenthaler mm -hmm. spoke to Rotary Club yes, one yes. time I was there and I came back thinking we're all doomed because <laughs> if you think about native plants or, or non-native plants that have become invasive, it's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it really is a problem. And, and he's very, very deliberate to say that we can reverse these effects and there are things we can do, mm -hmm. but you get that thinking, wow, we're, <laughs> we're really behind. And it takes, he told me, he taught me this. It takes 50 years for us to realize like the calorie pear, the tree right. that we can no longer buy in the state of Ohio. I had a beautiful calorie pear in my front yard for a long time. 
until it wasn't beautiful anymore. I mean, it had just gotten out of control. So we had to take it down. And that was a couple of years ago. And now to think, I mean, it takes 50 years for whatever it does in that science of, and again, I'm showing my ignorance, but right. for us to realize that, um, and there are things they're watching now that could be the next, the thing that we think so beautiful that could be invasive. Right. Huh. So. Right. Yeah. Our youngest daughter, when she graduated from college, she didn't really know what she wanted to do with her biology degree. She spent three months out on the Escalante River mm. cutting down Russian olive trees, lived in a tent. Um, and so, yeah, whenever I talk to her about some of these things, she's she's very little. Yeah, like, Mom, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You hate to think about it because you won't sleep all night right, if you yeah, think about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how great. Well, we have, well but... And, and the other thing that Greg Christie has said is we we need to we need to ask for we need to demand that environmental safe plants are available to us. We need to be able to go right. into our Lowe's or wherever you buy your plants or right. Siebenthalers or whatever and say I want a non-invasive species. I want something that is um, native. I want you know and and if we demand it, they will have it. Right. But. Right. But you want the beautiful, you know, Bradford pear has a nice shape to it, but it, it stinks and it's invasive. It does stink. It smells, it smells my my daughter's told me from the day I put it in, Mom, that thing smells bad. What did you put that in there for? Right. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Anything we missed out of anything you want to, to add on to what we've already talked about? No, no. I, I think I'm glad you let me talk about the, the butterfly a little bit and, and the mason bees. And yeah. um, I think there's there's so much to do. I'm looking forward to a couple of more projects that we can do. And, and I, I mean, I would encourage everyone to to find out more about how can I plant something in my backyard? What can I do on my balcony right. to attract butterflies or you don't want bees on your back on your patio, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, unless they're mason <laughs> unless bees, they're mason right. don't yeah. sting. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, if your lot is big enough and you have room to put um, honeybees, and I mean, there's people around who are doing beautiful work with the honeybees, and I just need to learn more about that as well. So we'll put in our show notes links to the BW Greenway and the Beaver Creek Wetlands. I think those, those are good resources. I think they're if perfect. somebody doesn't know what to do, they can contact those groups and really sure. get. You know, if you want to start small, they probably have a project where you can go and take out honeysuckle. And I know they do a lot of that work. So that would be a good place to start. Great. Yeah. And then anybody that's interested in Rotary, I'll put in a plug for Rotary. Um, you don't need to be a member of Rotary to do these things. You but do not. Um, if you want to be part of the Rotary Club, we certainly are taking all members yes. uh, that want to yeah. be part of it. We meet Wednesdays uh, at noon at TJ Jumps. And uh, we'll put a, a Rotary International link there for people that, that maybe want to look at what the seven... Areas, areas that, that Rotary's focused on. So, can they can they join you on the thirteenth at your seed spreading party? Absolutely. I mean, we'd like to know if they're coming. They can certainly. Um, how can they? How can they do that? Do you want me to give you my email address? Um, <laughs> Is let's, that a safe? So, one? I think that's a. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to say this elegantly, and <laughs> I grew up in Genius. So that's tough for me, <laughs> uh, but. I think you, you have enough volunteers so what we may do is, But I certainly don't want to turn anyone away if there's really anxious to be and a And we part. can certainly share any information that you have coming up. If you want to share that with us and you need volunteers from the public, okay. we'll certainly share all that. Yeah, Make sure you so if you have any that. events moving forward after the 13th, okay. like we'd love to share okay. that and let people know how they can be a part of that. And Okay. Sounds all that good stuff. And as I said to Dottie, we do have a couple parks that we're creating in Fairborn. Yes. One is uh, Main Gate Park on State Route 444, 
across from Gate 12A, and then we have Memorial Park, which is going in just next door here. Um, I'm sure we can carve out an area where we could do some pollinator stuff there. Fabulous. Um, so that we can, you know, walk the walk, as you say. Yeah. So you know, the important. other thing that I thought would be really, really cool, we have some amazing artists in this community. Wouldn't it be beautiful to have some kind of a a, a bronze butterfly in the middle of some of those parks? Or, you know, I'm thinking at the Senior Center, if we had an artist who could create something in the center of that a little plot of flowers. Oh, just, yeah. I'm going to take that note. Maybe we can make that happen. Okay. Well, yeah, I think that'd right. be really cool. Wonderful. Especially me, and I never did send you the Mangay Park design yes. as a location for a piece of artwork. Fabulous. Um, which could be a good focal, and it's a focal point literally across from where the main entrance well, to, to and the I base think, is. And I know we have great artists, adult artists, but we also have kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, we have, I know a young man who is in, in the welding program at the Green County Career Center. Yep. So... What a, I mean, oh, they yeah. do beautiful art yeah. in the welding program. Absolutely. So, yeah. So. Cool. Thank you, Donnie. Thank you. Thanks it's for being been, here. Thank you. I've had fun. We're Thanks for inviting a, me. We're going to talk about a couple more things. You're welcome okay. to okay. add anything you want to talk about. If something hits your fancy, speak Jump up. You can, right. you can help yeah. us. So. Join in. Uh, we've had a our second event. <laughs> uh, we're over to really, I'll say, in weather-related events. This one was we're so sad. Outside. It was It was really unfortunate. Uh, our Wolfstock event was April 20th, um, and if you followed the weather, it rained and it was cold. It was so uh, but we did get, I think a couple hundred people came out with their animals, and so f- that was a success. Uh, but we will uh, probably in the future not do look to maybe April. do that in a different month uh, yes. where it's a little bit warmer, maybe June. But um, thanks to all the people who helped put that together. I know our parks people worked out, reached out to some outside groups that were there with uh, some pet therapy and some other folks that were some vendors that were there. We appreciate them being a part of it. Uh, but unfortunately it wasn't the size of the event that we were hoping for. Do you have dogs? We no longer. I had one. I'm sorry. Our kids were young, but not anymore. And Megan is especially disappointing because she's a dog crazy. Yeah. I like dogs. It's Um, my favorite event that we do. It is. is. Because it's usually a lot of fun. And you should not be sad when you come to Wolfstock. And it was was cold and rainy. It was cold and rainy. And, uh, but I will say, the dogs that were there were thoroughly happy. They were. Because they didn't care about the rain. Uh, and yeah. And it's, they were super happy to be around other dogs. That was really good. Yeah, and there were some really cool dogs there and owners. They and were. It was, it was a good time. So hopefully as we move forward, we'll have better weather um, as we move out of spring or second winter <laughs> sure or whatever they call like, this time of year. I think we're on like fourth winter. Something like that. I yeah. don't know. So that's a good segue. So starting, well, today. Today. Uh, which is this is the third of May. Yes, um, our farmers market opens. It is. Uh, so talk about our farmers market. So our farmers market will be open from uh, May uh, through October, and every so every Wednesday from ten to two p.m. it'll be open. So we'll have uh, all kinds of vendors there, and every so the last Wednesday of the month we'll have the night market as well from three to seven p.m. and we'll have the food truck rally. Great. So plan on that and those are very well attended last year um yes. and we've i've seen the vendors that we have at the farmer's market um this time of year it's tough to get vegetables and things because not a lot of stuff has bloomed and but you can get flowers ripe. you can get flowers and you can get all kinds of things that people have so come on out of the farmer's market it's it's right there at uh, main street commons at mm-hmm. grand and main right there in the parking lot yep. i love the farmer's market it's yeah. really good it's so yeah cool. it's really good yeah, we've got so some cool. good stuff so and this year so i think they had um we have a the olive uh, lady, she's back. Um, yeah. The honey couple is back. Great on the bring honey. Um, Dinah the, with the, the baked goods, she's she's back. Um, so I mean, we have some of the regulars that were 
uh, there last year as well. So, I mean, it's set to be a good, good one. Yeah. Good year. Outstanding. So come out of the farmer's market. It is Wednesday. Uh, yesterday was primary day and we are celebrating yep. here with uh, our friends at the Fairborn school district yep. because they passed their bond uh, lab issue last night, which will finish the construction of the, I don't know which one is the, I think it's this one. There we go. Uh, they, which will allow them to finish the high school project uh, as it should be done. Right. Um, as you know, they um, when they passed the initial bond issue, uh, we didn't know about COVID. We didn't know <laughs> that inflation was going to go through the right. roof. And so the cost of everything went up. They needed some additional funds to finish the non, um, really non-educational parts, the football field, the, the band practice facility, um, all things that are vital to the high school and, and puts the high school all on one site, which they've not had the benefit of since it's been that way. Correct. So we are excited. Hopefully within the next 12 to 18 months, it'll be complete. Yep. Uh, and we'll have a wonderful new high school there and, and middle school yet to come. And so. I, I do want to just say a few things. I, there were some comments that I saw recently of, you know, why, why does the school need some of these extra things? And as a parent, um, you know, when you've got kids that are getting to be that age and they're going to be in, getting into high school, and especially kids that are doing those extracurricular activities, um, for them to be able to have some of those things, it is really nice. Yeah. And, you know, for them to have fields to play on and areas to go and facilities that aren't, you know, filled with a cockroach or, well, <laughs> right. you know, Go ahead, finish. I was going to say that that are heated properly and that look the way they do is really nice. And, you know, we're going to be able to hold other competitions, you know, because we have these facilities. It's right. not just for us. Correct. You know, because we have a bigger stadium, because we have a bigger arena, because we have practice fields, you know, we're going to be able to host other events. Right. So it's not just for Fairborn. I mean, we're going to be able to bring in other um, other teams, other, um, other, you know, people to Fairborn because we have this facility. So, right. I mean, it's going to bring in uh, more people to the area. So it's really an economic boost that we have this. So uh, again, I, I feel like sometimes we think very small right? and we need to see the broader picture of, of why we build these things. Uh, so anyway. That's just my two cents. Well, and it's in mean, the money that we got to help build those things from the um, state has built beautiful facilities all over right. the state for right. all kids. Right. And it's just, it's time for our kids to get it to too. get it. And, yeah. and, and as somebody said, you know, when our kids go and compete at other disc schools and see their wonderful facilities and then come back to ours, I'm like, you know, you know, this just isn't up to snuff and believe it or not, it's a, there is competition. Um, as families, you know, we're a military town. People come in every few years, they get stationed at Wright Pat. They have a choice where they can mm -hmm. locate and send their kids to school. And we don't want to be at a competitive disadvantage by having schools that aren't as nice as the other districts. Yep. When we know that the teachers are uh, up to snuff and are the quality that they need to be in beyond, now we have facilities that meet that level. Yeah, so it really helps. Our teachers are amazing. They're terrific. I, I would hold our teachers up next to any teacher in any district. And I've worked in career development across the state of Ohio. Yeah, our teachers are as good, if not better, 
than any teacher I've met anywhere else. And you were a teacher in this district. I was. Body, so I you was. know the challenges that teachers deal with on a daily basis and how difficult it is just in general to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. We have some unique, well, we have some challenges in Fairborn that maybe aren't unique, but are unique to us uh, that makes it, it's not just showing up and trying to teach kids every day. There's a lot of social things that, that come into play that you just have to be prepared for. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been retired now since 2013, so I've been out for quite a while. But I do know that um, in Fairborn, we not only do we have great teachers to meet the challenges of some of our students, but we have the most amazing group of administrators and people who really care about our community and our kids and the things that um, they can do and they can become. Um, so I, yeah. I, I agree 100%. I think yeah. you're exactly right. And it's a testament to that is look at some of the kids that have come through this district and gone on to do some amazing things um, in other, both here and in other parts of the country and the world. It's, I mean, we've put out some of the, the cream of the crop. Every year we have that honors program. I was not able to go on Friday night, but um, I mean, when you look at the people who are recognized for the great things that they do, who are graduates of this high school, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, Even to the point where they do so well that they can donate two plus million dollars to buy property and provide Chromebooks. That's right. That says it all right there. Yeah. It's important to them. Right. So yay for the, the school uh, bond issue pass, and that's going to be terrific. Speaking of schools, keep it on that theme. They do an event that I've never not gone to yet, and I'm disappointed I'm not. Uh, but this year I've already got my tickets reserved. It's Jazz Fest. Yeah. And that will be March the 12th um, at the high school. I'll be there because I have to be there. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you have a child that's playing. I, uh, and yeah, I have two kids that are playing. And I normally get the dates wrong on that kind of stuff. It is the 12th. Good um, to be good enough. It's 6 o'clock. It's a $20 ticket, yeah. uh, but you get a meal, and then you get to hear the uh, high school jazz ensembles, uh, both vocal and instrumental, um, play all night. And I'm here, it's terrific. I was, and I'm disappointed, I was a, and I hate to say this, I was in the jazz band in the Xenia High School. And, Are you embarrassed to say well, that? Well, just, you know, because I couldn't hold a tune with uh, both hands now, but it's, yeah. I was always a band kid. And I'm disappointed I've never gone to this one because our band is terrific. But you don't have to be able to hold a tune to play an instrument, do you? That's true. Well, no. I I mean, I I don't do either, so. I I probably couldn't get any sound out of a saxophone now. (laughs) Uh, I was okay when I was in high school. But it's, and I'm really looking forward to this jazz fest because the, you know, um, the John and Karen Goretta do wonderful things with our vocal and instrumental programs at Fairborn High School. So I'm super excited to, to see that. It'll be the first year. So I think tickets are probably still available. Anybody that wants to go, go to the high school, and you can uh, reserve your buyer tickets there. Uh, but it's going to be a great night. It's a fundraiser for the, the band programs, I believe. Uh, yes. Um, so we are looking forward to Jazz Fest. So they actually had a good weekend. So their middle school, uh, and I'm going to get this wrong, I believe the they were at Kings Island. They had a competition. Mm-hmm. And I think the... It was the choir. The, qui- the choirs. The, the choir. Yep came in, I'm going to get it wrong. They did well. They did well. They yeah, did they well. did well. The orchestra did well. Uh, so, I mean, they had a good weekend for the middle school uh, band and choir and orchestra. Um, so, I mean, and then this week, the the next two weeks for all the music, uh, they're having all their concerts. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty good along with Jazz Fest. Yeah. So, come on out. 
I will May the 12th. be musicked out. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, keeping with the arts theme, uh, Dottie and you, we were talking beforehand. We had a, we, for those that don't know, we have an actor's theater in Fairborn mm-hmm. uh, that's owned by a man named Jim Harworth, who um, is also an actor and act in the play that was just there. He had an acting passion, found this building, purchased it, renovated it, and now puts on these local community theater shows and just wrapped up The Odd Couple uh, this yes. past weekend. Um, I happened to go on Friday. I think you went on Saturday. And for for local theater, it was terrific. Yeah. Uh, terrific. And it's an amenity, and I, I don't mean this the way it's going to sound, but you almost forget you're in Fairborn, Ohio when you're in that theater mm-hmm. because it's it's like you're in a, you know, you're seeing a play somewhere. You, mm-hmm. you don't realize you're in right there in downtown Fairborn. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and there's a lot of, like, we had a group of Rotarians. Jamie Hensley put it together on Saturday night and organized us, and we went to tickets for dinner and then to the theater. So we have everything you need right downtown yeah, to have a good, a good evening of and when you're done, if you'd like to get a drink somewhere, there's a couple little places right. you could Absolutely. sneak into and have a have a cocktail if you're so inclined. But yeah, you're right. We kind of have it all down there, and it's really great. So if uh, check, we'll put a link to the show notes yeah. to the Actors Theater. They've got another production coming up in June. Um, it's also a comedy, so yeah. um, tickets are really reasonable. Um, it's you know it's and if you're expecting Broadway, you're not going to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, come prepared. The, it's not a renovated theater, uh, but it is about 100 seats, and it's really terrific in, in downtown. The, and the quality of the show was, I thought, great. And if you've been there in the past and you remember the bathrooms, they have renovated their bathrooms. Right. Those are really <laughs> That's nice. Right. <laughs> That's right. You can even get in. They're ADA accessible. So they've done that. It's right. beautiful. So don't come because you because you remember the bathroom. I agree. <laughs> and I think Jim made a comment about that before mm-hmm. the show started. Uh, that the only thing that he wanted to renovate was the bathrooms. And, <laughs> and so that was the, that, yeah, that was a big thing. So uh, come on down to the Actors Theater. Um, our summer programs are up. Summer, talk about that, Megan? yeah, summer camps and the, the programs are uh, soon to be, the summer camps are fully open and on the parks uh, site, so you can register for those. Summer programs will be open on the park site come May 8th. So go ahead and sign up and register for those and have some fun during the parks. And there's some really cool things that we put together this summer. And I know the spaces are limited for that. So yeah. if you want to get in there, be sure you do that pretty quickly. Yep. Uh, but I have to give credit to Molly and the folks in Parks yeah, and Rec that put cool this stuff. together. We're very creative in some of the programs that they put together. Yeah. So please do that. Um, two more things. One, I happened to speak to the Tangible Solutions uh, all-employee meeting um, this week. For those who don't know who Tangible Solutions is, it's a local additive manufacturing company that started, uh, they started in Beaver Creek, I can't deny that, uh, but they really started to grow in Fairborn. There was two two people, um, Adam and Chris, and they came to us and needed a little bit of assistance, and we helped them, and we prayed, and we hoped that they would grow, and it was bumpy, <laughs> and but they're to the point now where they just were acquired by an international company called Marl. Uh, that does additive manufacturing. Um, they went from those two or three employees when they came to Fairborn. Now they have 42 employees. Oh, wow. Um, so they just had Great. their hands-on, all-hands meeting. Uh, and I had the opportunity to just go and say thank you and, and just greet them for about five minutes. And it was terrific. So that's really what we have uh, try to achieve cool. here with entrepreneurship and bring in people that have wonderful ideas and help them grow. And again, we did we gave them some assistance and then had a lot of faith and it and it really worked out so uh, c- congratulations to tangible solutions 
And then one thing I want to talk about is our police officer. You want to talk about uh, Officer Fullen and what he is uh, doing with Kroger? I'll let you handle that one. (laughs) (laughs) Or you want me to handle that one? No, either way. Maybe we'll we'll tag team it here. Okay. Uh, So Sam Fullen's (laughs) uh, father passed away not long ago, and his father was someone who um, liked to help other people. Um, Service above self was something that he embodied. And so when he passed away, uh, Sam was looking for a way to keep that legacy going, keep his father's legacy going. So as a police officer, they encounter people all the time that need assistance, um, whether it, it be a situation where it's a domestic violence situation and someone needs groceries or needs uh, whatever. Um, and we just, we're not equipped to do that as a city right. uh, because that's not really what we do. It's we typically refer people out to different organizations. Uh, what Sam was able to do was work with the Fairborn Fish Pantry, I think the Hawk's Nest mm-hmm. uh, Pantry at uh, Middle School, High school. Um, to and Kroger to help provide resources for people. And so now when they encounter someone, uh, they have a referral program that goes through Sam and, and he helps them um, attach and uh, get them some assistance, which is really terrific uh, and goes above and beyond just what he's doing to police the streets it's really helping that next level of, of care and service. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool. Like Kroger donated pallets of water the other day to fish food pantry. Um, and then donated some items to, uh, the Hawk's nest, uh, at the high school, the food pantry. And, you know, they don't have to do that, but, um, you know, in fact, from my understanding, getting anything through corporate is like pulling teeth, Right. but you know, they, they understood the need and, you know, they want to help too. Um, and they've kind of got their own committee, their helping committee or giving back to the community, right. you know, kind of committee. And, you know, they understand the need and uh, kudos to them uh, that, that they saw that too. Um, yeah. Brian so Green, together. the manager out there has very, always been yeah. very responsive to us. I know they help at the holidays with, yep. uh, they donate some hams that get taken to our first responders and they do some wonderful yeah. things. So um, yeah, we really appreciate them helping out and kudos to Sam for having Absolutely. the, the initiative to pull this together and, and our police department for helping him pull it together. Yeah. So, um, anything else that we missed before we get to our, what really isn't a rumor, but we're going to set the record straight. No, I think those are all of my updates. All right. You sure? Yeah. Dottie, anything? I'm good. So the one thing we have, we want to let everybody know, and this has been sort of slow rolled out. We've not made a big announcement with it because, frankly, it's we're not quite sure how to get to all that. And <laughs> we're not sure how to get a big announcement out anyway how, with the different channels that we use. But right. um, the fourth, of the, for those that don't know, there was a committee that put together our July 3rd block party, our July 4th uh, parade, and then did some July 4th things at, at Community Park. That committee was having some trouble getting members to continue to volunteer. The the job became really unmanageable for the small number of people they had. So they reached out to us to help. We agreed to help put that together, take those events over and put them on. Uh, we decided, one of the things that we decided to do was take the block party on July 3rd from downtown and move it over to Community Park. For the simple fact that it was a lot of work, a lot of expense for our folks to have to put together everything going on downtown and then after that event was over, tear it all down and move it out to Community Park for another day. Right. So the decision was made to move everything out there July 3rd and 4th because you set it up one time. It's easier on our staff. It's less no must, no fuss. We've got a wonderful facility at Community Park that can handle that a bigger crowd. So we decided to do it that way. Apparently that's caused some consternation. Um, and, you know, we apologize for that. That wasn't our intent. We're not trying to, to disband anything or anybody. 
uh, but it's better for us and less labor intensive for us to do it that way. And we're going to put on a heck of a show out there. I mean, we've got uh, a Journey tribute band coming on July 3rd. We have country music on July 4th, yeah. uh, two bands. We have food trucks. We have, it's going to be great. Our fireworks are always fantastic out there. Rotary root beer floats. Rotary yeah. is going to make root beer floats <laughs> this time, uh, both days. So, uh, and we will continue the parade as it has always been. The parade will happen uh, July 4th. Uh, it's Correct. not a Sunday this year, so it'll be in the morning. It'll be right down uh, Broad Street to Central to Maine. As it always has been, we will continue that tradition as it as it has been and, and will uh, for as long as we can can continue to do it. So um, I wanted to make sure everybody was aware of that. We'll, we'll start to push that message out, but I know there are folks who have a little bit of heartburn about it. And so we want to make sure everybody understood that that's what we were doing. Well, I think what's nice is it, it went from kind of a one day to now it can really be like a two day festival. You know, it's like a, right. a two day party at community park, you know, Vendors, if they stay for both days, will be able to, you know, hopefully do better instead of just being there for one day and then having to pack it up and leave. Right. Um, you know, it's just like the Sweet Corn Festival where it's, you know, there and can stay and, you know, hopefully they can do better and, you know, it's more of a buy-in. Um, you know, so I think it's, in the at the end of the day, I think it'll be, you know, a better move. And One of the criticisms that the, we would get for the July 3rd block party is there's not a lot for kids to do right. at the block party. It's a family friendly event, but there's not a lot for kids to do there. Um, and so having it at a park, it's a park. <laughs> I think right. we can, you know, if we needed to program some things eventually for kids to do, um, and it, yeah. they can, if nothing else, run around play on the playground and do what kids do in parks. So I think that addresses right. one of those needs. And I think it's easier to get vendors to come if it's a two-day event versus a one-day event. Right. Uh, so I think the vendors should be a little, uh, a little more, ha a little happier with that because it's again, like you said, they don't Correct. set up and tear down and 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 they're done in a day. Correct. So we did get a suggestion that we might need to rename it because it's not. It's not a block party. It's not a block party. So I mean, we're good at naming things. We're we are, we are good at naming uh, things. Not, not that the I want to do that. Park party. The park party. The park <laughs> right. party in the park. Party in the there park. We, there right. you go. July party in the park. That's right. So, so yeah, so we hope to see you out there. It's going to be a great event. Come get a root beer float yeah. uh, from Rotary because they're terrific. That IBC root beer, you can't get it everywhere. You can't. Um, you can't. We have a hard time finding it some years. <laughs> it's a treat. It really is a treat. Uh, so come out and get a root beer float. So and anything we forgot? No, that's all I have. This is a great episode. Thanks, Dottie, for well, being here. Well, thank you. Here. Thanks yeah. for inviting really me, both of you. It. Yeah. I appreciate awesome. it. It's and if fun. you're interested in helping the pollinators, uh, check the show notes, and we'll make sure you have all that information. And, Wonderful. Um, I am, sign me up for a bee box. I'm in when they come Got in. Got it. Thank you. All right. That's it for Rumor Has It. Uh, we'll see you around town. I don't really have an Easter egg this time. you have anything you want to, we can I, give away? I have lots of posters. <laughs> if you'd like a dog biscuit from Wolfstock. A dog biscuit. <laughs> I have those little poop bags. Did we give that away? Did some, somebody respond with Marley I last time? I did time? have one. I have one. So we did one last time. And so a lot of people, when the music starts, they just turn the podcast off. So we do something called an Easter egg. Okay. Which, so we're still recording now. So people, oh, if, okay. if you're listening to this podcast, can still continue to mm -hmm. listen to it. And if you... Listen past a few of our podcasts. We had some giveaways and some things that we did. Just see if people were listening. Ah, and so we don't have one this time, but we'll make one up. I mean, we've got some leftover things from Woofstock. I have leftover um, Woofstock. I have like posters from years past, even. 
what so, do you have to do to get the Easter egg? So we usually make up something like you have to email us in something, a word. We did Marley for the, mm-hmm. the Wolfsock poster. How about butterfly? We could do butterfly. Butterfly, there so you go. Email the so here it is. Email the word butterfly to info at fairbornoh.gov, and we'll get you a Wolfsock gift bag. How about that? Some stuff. Oops. Or just a gift bag in general. Or just a gift bag in general. Yeah. Of all you kinds never of know what you might get <laughs> in it. It's a mystery. Right? It's a, it is a mystery. Perfect. Perfect. All the yeah. better. Right. It's a mystery gift bag. All right. Thanks, Dottie. Thanks for being here. Thank you. See you.